Welcome to another week on Let's Get Real with Coach Menachem Show, Sunday Nights. Originally a Zoom interactive platform where we discuss real life scenarios with real live people. Hi everybody, welcome to tonight's program. It's good to see everybody back. And uh, thank you for joining. We really appreciate it. Welcome to tonight's share with Coach Menachem Merenfeld. Tonight is Shear 147. And um, again, I always thank everybody for coming every week. Every week, you know, the program is bigger and bigger. It gets around the world. People talk about it. And we thank all the people that posted on their WhatsApp statuses, email to friends, let people know about it, talk about it. And we grow this pro- program to help people as a Sikhs Haverim to talk about many important issues. And let's uh, continue growing. And uh, we have a lot of exciting programs coming up. I'm going to get into that soon. And again, if anybody wants to join, gets the flyers every Sunday, just WhatsApp me at 848-525-0066. Again, that's 848-525-0066. Or you can go to menachembrunfeld.com and sign up for his weekly email flyers with the speakers, upcoming, and all the Coach Menachem Hack. So go there to get all the information, menachembrunfeld.com. For all the people that are watching the replay on YouTube, you can click on the like button for the share. On the subscribe button, so every week when Menachem uploads the share on the thing, you get notified and you can watch everything. And as you know, it's on all the platforms on Spotify and Apple and Kalalasha and probably 50 other places. So you could definitely, in any podcast, you should see it. I got it just got 24 6. I see it's on there also. So it's all over the place. So please join. I also want to thank our advertising sponsors for promoting us, the Lakewood Scoopy on Lakewood, Elian Ariel from Five Town Central. And a special thank you to Chayla Kaufman from JCN, Jewish Content Network, for always promoting us on the digital platforms, and also on Matzav.com. Coach Menachem shows collaborating, collaborating with OK Clarity to bring greater health and wellness to the Jewish community. Jewish community. OK Clarity, you find the, the online platform for mental health support in the Jewish community. Find the best therapists, coach, nutritionists, and engage in forums, and stay inspired. You can also find Coach Menachem over there, and uh, you can go to you can WhatsApp them at 917-426-1495. Again, that's 917 917- 426-1495 and save their number and you'll see all their amazing status stuff they have a lot of very interesting therapeutic stuff anybody who's here the first time every sunday night at 9 30 p.m on this zoom id three and a half years almost four years we're going on get with the program join be part of it and um <laughs> and uh, join us next week with shem july 2nd we're going to have the the, the steamed round of lakewood of chestnut Yosef Greenfeld here with us. Um, we didn't firm up the topic yet with him. We're discussing a few different things. Hashem, the topic will be a surprise, but uh, Rabbi Greenfeld is world-renowned. He's a special person, so it should be an unbelievable program, an amazing speaker also as well. So please join us. It's going to be deep, meaningful, and let everybody know about it. Tonight's year is 147, so Rabbi Shloyma, we always have a gematria, and uh, the schus of Rabbi to say the gematria of 147 tied into tonight's topic. What is it? Night's share 147 is building self-esteem and personal empowerment relationships between parents and children. And we came up that 147 is Begimatria Ayn Toiv. Ayn Toiv doesn't only mean looking positive at somebody else. It means looking positive at yourself and realizing your own koiches, your own strengths. Everybody has Mailus Echesonis. If everybody realized the positivity and the good things they could do, it would definitely enhance their self-esteem and their relationships with their children and with other people. And while I'm speaking, I just thought that 147 is the years that we know that Yaakov Avinu lived, 147 years. Titan Amis Yaakov, 
There's a lot of truth what I'm saying, and when you hear a lot of truth today, tonight the Metzeshem to reach our expectations of Metzeshem. Yes, Okay, we're going to start first with our host, Coach Menachem Bernfeld. He's going to let us know what we're talking about tonight, overlay of what the, what the topic is, what are we trying to accomplish. Coach Menachem. I want to welcome welcome everyone to another podcast, another shir, Let's Go Real with Coach Menachem. Baruch Hashem, with a lot of Siyat and Deshmaya. We're up to 147. Hashem should give us Koyach to continue. And we have this chus to have with us tonight, Rav Shlomo Bukhshvan. I've heard not too much, but a little bit that I heard. It's it's the topic of self-esteem is actually a topic that I love. Um, talking about self-esteem, it's self-esteem plays a big role in most of our lives or every day, everything that we do, the way we think, the way we look at ourselves, the way we look at the world around us. And the decisions that we make. And not always are we aware of how connected it is, the way this, our self-esteem to what we do. People might think, you know, this is who I am. Sometimes we we make shulam, shulam at the matzah. We just accept ourselves. This is who I am. And if this is what Hashem wants, then this is where I'll be and this is where I'll do. But really it comes from a deep down feeling of, of a lack of self-esteem and if you speak to the right person, if you speak to a professional, somebody could help you figure out where do you pick, where did you pick that up from? The beliefs that we pick up, the way we think about ourselves and the world, where do we pick it up? And usually, like we discussed many times on this program, these concepts, ideas that we do, that we pick up about ourselves can come from a very young age. It could come from four, five, six. And not always are we aware. It could be a parent, a sibling, a teacher, somebody in shul, or somebody on the streets. It, and we're, we're, we're too young to understand that it has nothing to do with us. It's that person is going through a hard day. Maybe that teacher had a hard day and let it out on the child. Or maybe a parent, maybe a parent wasn't feeling well or went through a hard kufa a hard situation in life, and then they scream at the child, and we're, we're, we're too young, and we take it in. We just soak it in like, like a sponge. And then many years later, we make certain decisions in life and certain beliefs that we have about ourselves, and we believe it's real. And here we are tonight, we're gonna to discuss a little bit to question ourselves, to say, where am I? Maybe not. Maybe I could do that. Something that I want to do, maybe I am capable. Maybe I could go there. Maybe I could, you know, it's the limit is endless. Why am I the way I think I am now? Is it really who I am or I picked it up from a young age? So it is an important topic, especially for us adults. And then to give it over to our kids. How to give over self-esteem, whether you're a teacher or parent, and especially important, if we, we don't have it ourselves, usually we tend to give it over the wrong way to our kids. So the number one, the step number one, like we always say, is the awareness. Just to be aware. Where am I? Why am I doing what I'm doing? What do I really feel deep down about myself? And what decisions am I making because of that? 
once we have the awareness, we can go to step number two, what can we do about it? And hopefully tonight in Mitzvah Shem, we have this verse to have at Shlomo Bukhshma, which he deals with all ages and this core topic, something that he meets people. So hopefully he'll be able to give us some practical ideas, some awareness to help us navigate, to become aware of where we are, and then to be able to take the next step towards growth in Mitzvah Shem with a lot of Siyata Deshmai and Shkoyach. Beautiful. Okay, so let's review the topic tonight. Then we're going to read his bio. Here we go. So tonight's topic again, building self-esteem and personal empowerment, cultivating a respectful relationship between parents and children, how to build up to that. Okay, Reb Shlomo Bookspan is a highly experienced professional with over 40 years ex expertise in therapy, and he has offices in Eric Yisrael and in Brooklyn. When individuals find themselves grappling with low self-esteem and lack of self-confidence and related concerns, they turn to Rabbi Bookspan. A respected, a respected professional therapist under the guidance of the transformative journey of personal empowerment commences. Moreover, Rabbi Bookshman has gained international recognition as an expert in the fields of learning, reading, reading comprehension, memory enhancement, and all aspects pertaining to learning and comprehension. Shleima, Shkayef, for joining us tonight. The floor is yours. Open it up. Ruchem Aboyim, B'Shem Hashem. First of all, I really want to thank for all of you for giving me the, the opportunity to be a shilach, and I hope I'll be for great help of all of you. I must tell that after what Menachem said, there's nothing too much for me to say. Only I can sign my name and I agree with whatever he said. Maybe I'll go some more practical because I do have experience about 40 years, but uh, all in all, he just said it. And the people many times are getting confused. What is self-esteem? How do you get self-esteem? How do I make it higher? How do I pick up my self-esteem? How do I get it? What do I do with myself? So first of all, before we get concerned more about self-esteem, I would ask the question, what is, what is self? And then the esteem. Who am I? Who am I? That's the main question. And in order to do this, I would like to give you an example. It's a little metaphor which I use many times, and I think it expresses a little bit, it clarifies the EM for self-esteem, which people look at it as a term, a professional term, and they don't really connect. So imagine you have a car. The car is an, okay, Alto Schmatte, not, not a real good car. You wouldn't go out on the highway to go, let's say, from Lakewood or from Brooklyn to the Catskills with this car. I mean, you wouldn't take a chance. But it's good for you to go around the block. You say, I go around the block, you can make it, it gets overheated, so what? Let's say if I get stuck a little bit no case okay, so i got stuck a little bit and i'm not so far away from home you would never take a chance to get more outstanding because such a broken car the same thing is about self-esteem if i estimate myself as a broken car somebody cannot carry out great missions then i won't take uh, i will not take any risk i will keep myself back i will always stay down even though i'm capable of much more because i'm not like this i just want to repeat there's a very, very known saying from Rabbi Kalina. He says the biggest Avera from a Yiddish king is that he forgets that he's a Ben Melech. He's the son of a Melech, Melech Malach Hamlochem HaKadosh Baruch We are really part of HaKadosh Baruch I mean, each and every human is actually, but I'm talking about Yiddish king, the fact we have the Torah and everybody has a value that they can never, whatever is going to say themselves that I'm important, the more important than I'm, the son of HaKadosh Baruch it's never going to be exaggerated. It's never going to be enough. Self-esteem is something that really affects each and every one of us, including me, including everybody. 
and we act according to what the way we see, the way we perceive ourselves, the way we look at ourselves, that's the way we act. Like we look at a car, the car cannot go too much, we're not going to take a chance, go out on the highway. And if we are forced to go on the highway with a broken car, we are all kind of afraid, uh, all, all time afraid, if we're not sure, and we have anxiety and fear because this is the way a person functions. The same thing is about us. Now, the topic tonight is really how can we experience a rabbit's contribute to our kids and make sure that they grow up healthy and have a good relationship with them in, in the relation through the relationship to bring them to very high self-esteem. So mainly, I would like to right now, as a beginning, a little bit represent myself, even though you said about me, but there's two, I'm wearing two hats that I'm doing for the last 40 years. One, as a uh, therapist, certified therapist many, many years with all kinds of ages. And also, I have a lot of experience in promoting learning, which means kids who can read, they can memorize, but they don't, don't feel like uh, belongs to them and so on and so forth, which I see it very much connected. I would say like this, you really, really find a child that has re reading problems, learning problems, that doesn't have some kind of issue, a big issue with his self-esteem because he always feels down. He sits in the class among 30, 40 kids. Everybody knows how to read and learn. And he's always the kid who doesn't know he falls down. So automatically, he suffers from low self-esteem. So that's how we have to find out ways more for those kids because once they get it, and this is where I force myself, so to speak, and I coach myself to learn both topics, to engross in both things, also in therapy and also in learning because I see a very big connection in these two fields. Now, now, it doesn't mean that we have a surface from low self-esteem also surface automatically from uh, learning disabilities, no. But the contrary, but the opposite, yes. We have a surface from learning disabilities usually has also issues uh, with emotions. And I would say that a lot, a lot of kids who, who are not going the way we, 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 we wish for them to go, and the husband show them leave the way all the way to Shlish, so our kids who suffer from learning disabilities, so learning and functioning, not always for sure, but I'm talking in a general manner. This is one of the main causes that really causes a person not to fulfill, not to live the right life. Actually, when a person lives with a low self-esteem, he doesn't really live. He's not alive. I mean, he goes and functions, he eats dreams, but it's not alive. The quality of his life is not, is not a real quality of life, and he can do much, much, much better if he would have a higher self-esteem. And this is a very, very vital question, not only for our kids, only for us. And I think today's topic, if we could, based on Shem Izbach, I'm gonna be able to give over the message, is not only how do we help our kids as, as parents and relatives, but also for ourselves. How can I pick up my own self-esteem? And uh, I would like to give you here a little guidance and make a little differentiation between giving a compliment and encouragement. I think this is going to be the basic of today's topic. With your permission, I would like to develop a little bit the discussion. What is the difference from a compliment and self and, and, and encouragement? That's a very huge difference. When a child does something good, uh, he worked, he told him to do something, he picked up all the toys or so whatever they did to give him a compliment. After a while, he gets fed up with this and says, you know what? I can't do it because a compliment obligates me. When do you give me a compliment? You're giving me a compliment only when I accomplished something outstanding. I did something great. You give me, wow, you were so good. You did something so good. It really, really obligates you to do things. After a while, he gets tired. He says, I work for an hour, for 20 minutes, for 10 minutes. 
and you're giving me compliments. Wow, you did great. We all love compliments. Compliments are really recommended. It's beautiful. But there's another way to do it, a much more effective way. It's called encouragement, which I developed during the years. Maybe in this form of this uh, tonight, I won't be able to express myself all the way. But let me just start a journey right now and explain it. And if you have questions, you can ask me. I would like to say like this. If I go to a child and I tell him without, he didn't do anything. He didn't do anything. There's no compliments. I tell him, you know, Yankele, Yankele, I want to tell you something. You have tremendous powers for yourself. I can tell. I analyzed you. I saw the way you, you act. I saw you the way you deal. I can see that you're mamish. You have koiches in yourself. You have powers. Within, with the time, you're going to surprise us all. This is without asking for any, any effort. It doesn't really have tutorial and to put in a lot of effort the compliment and everybody likes to hear it now you prove it to again and again you tell them you have questions now what means questions questions means powers when i implant in this child the belief again and again i do it especially when there's a child and he looks at our at us appearance as the higher authority we tell him what to do he accepts it without questioning i have powers i'm a strong person i hear it so many times from grown-up people they come to me for therapy and they said you know what, with all my trouble, I know I'm a strong man, I'm going to make it. Okay, I have trouble right now. How do you know you're going to make it? Because my, my dad always told me that I have tremendous powers in myself, and one day it's going, to be, it's going to be shown up, I'm going to prove it. I don't know when it's going to happen right now with blockages, but I have the quickness, I know I have the quickness. And the country, we give compliments, we give compliments, specific deeds. You did, you put away the toys, I don't know, you watched it, you were a baby, good babysitter, or you learn the schmack, everything is fine. We love compliments. It also builds up. But it's not as good as encouragement words without him doing anything. And this is going to answer a lot of questions, I think, that people may ask. I don't have so many things to give him compliments for. I mean, he doesn't perform. I don't see him doing so many things. No, he doesn't have to do nothing. You just implant in him the self-belief that you have powers and powers is It's gonna take a while. One day you're gonna surprise us, and you will see that you have so much hidden powers. And this is really the way you pick up the self-esteem. You implant in them, but it's still a little time after time after time again and again that he is a powerful person, and you prove it to him. I just want to um, give one indication, and then I'm gonna conclude my 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 akdoma, so to speak. Um, but let's say that the child did something. He put away all the toys, he did it. So you're giving him a compliment. While you give him a compliment, please don't just say, wow, you did something great, such a mitzvah. Of course, this is beautiful. But tell him, you know, Moishele, what you did right now, I see a big potential. He looks at your potential, what is it? Power, you have koiches. What do you mean, how does it come in? Because if you could put away everything in the right place and you did it the right way, it shows it really indicates that you're having you a way of looking at things, a way of organizing things. You have koiches, you have tremendous koiches. Now, when I say koiches, what does it mean? Let's look at the pen, for example. I look at the pen. The pen has tremendous power. I can write with it checks, I can draw with it, I can do whatever you want, I can write a nice letter, I can coach people with the ink that the pen contains. This is power. If I have a power, it's not only in regard to something specifically, I picked up the doors, I need something. I take, I take that little action the child did, and I go around it and I analyze with him which powers he has. Now imagine a parent doing this, and with the time it becomes habitual, it becomes more and more familiar how to do it. This is one of the best way also, by the way, 
to create communication between us and our kids, and also our coworkers at the job, and also amongst houses, and also our adult to see why, if powers use from this, you know, you could really surprise us one day you're gonna make it. You're an unstoppable person. Wow, you have so much passion. You're so great. Not only that thing that you did as a compliment, but from whatever you did, I can learn that you have quakers and the same quakers, they can use the ink of the pen, you can use the powers in your brain and your, whatever you have to keep you going the entire life. And that's how we build our self-belief and without limits. And this is self-esteem. By the way, I just want to indicate something. Self-esteem, don't get, don't get the Jewish, what I'm going to say at the beginning, because I'm going to have to explain myself. You can never pick up, never pick up your self-esteem. Never. You can never pick up your self-confidence. Never. Don't get, don't get discouraged. I want to explain what I mean. Self-esteem and self-confidence and so on is an outcome. All you can do is pick up your performance. You can, you can, you can control your self-control, self-control. You can control your action. When you do one thing right, the next thing right, and, the, and keep on doing things the right way, then your self-esteem goes up. Self-esteem is not something you pick it up and put it lower. You can't do it. It's not in your control. What you can do is your action, the way you think, the way you control yourself, the way you conduct yourself as you go on in life, and your self-esteem comes up. When you pay attention to your powers that you have, your purpose that you have, all of a sudden, your self-esteem comes up. It happens by itself. You don't, like you put in the air conditioner, you know, you cannot kill off the, the place to make it cool. You can't make it cool. You just have to push the button and the air conditioner gives out the air and it becomes cool. Or you, you just shut it off and it becomes hot. You don't make the heat, you don't make the cold. It happens, it's an outcome. Self-esteem and self-control is an outcome. The sense I am, I am, is an outcome of what I perform. It's according to the way you look at things. Now, the truth it, it, it is true that many people do great, they perform great, and still they have a low self-esteem. Why? Because they don't realize, like I said before, they don't have the good eyes and the imaginaries aren't told. They don't look at themselves the right way to really realize which powers they have. And this is where our job as parents and rabbits and adults come in to show the child should know not only you put away the toys nicely or you have a good babysitter, we went to the grocery, picked up nicely the stuff. No, this itself is a beautiful action and you get a compliment of sure, but you can learn from it which koyaches you have. You have a koyach of responsibility, you have a koyach of uh, taking care of things, you have a koyach of calculating nice, of organizing nice things. It shows powers that you have in these kind of words that we prove it with facts here. Look what you did. This really makes them believe in himself and his powers and disconnecting for the, for the specific thing that you did. It did. I use that opportunity, whatever you did, to build up the pills. And this is how the self-esteem goes off, which means we can raise, we can pick up the self-esteem. We can prove it to him that he has powers and he looks at himself in a good way. And this is how the self-esteem goes off by itself, by itself. Now, I want to just say one more thing. Self-control equals self-esteem. All I can do is control my action, control myself through the believing that I have, through the good eye that I have of myself. And the self-esteem is an outcome. Self-confidence is an outcome on the way I believe and the way I think and the action I do, the way I conduct myself, the way I perform things. This is my introduction. And now I'm, I'm ready to take from your questions. If you have any questions, then to be the great help for you, I hope so. Okay. 
Again, thanks for, for the opening. We're going to get into a lot of questions. We have a lot of questions there. Let's start off first with the poll. Okay. We're going to start a poll. It's a four-question poll. It's a little... Uh, here we go. Okay. These are the four questions. Everybody answer to the best of your knowledge. First question. How do you believe is the most effective approach to parenting and educating your child? Three options. Either instruct them directly, telling them what to do. Option B, act as their guide and ally, offering supporting guidance. Option three, avoid giving them explicit instructions and instead let them observe and emulate your actions. So those are three options. Either instruct them directly, guide be their ally, or let them just do whatever they want and let them observe your actions. Second question, what strategies can you employ to promote your child's acceptance of your instructions and guidance? What can you do to help them that they should listen to what you say? So three options. Offer incentives or rewards such as prizes for following your instructions. Option B, force a positive or, nurture, or nurturing relationship with your child built on trust and open communication. Option three, take the time to explain the reasoning or rationale behind your instructions, helping them understand why you're telling them what to do. Third question, which strategies can help you better, help better communication between parents and children? Now, this could be also for like adult parents and children. But it's a very good question, actually. A strategy that can help better communication and relationships. A, active listening and validating feelings. B, establishing clear boundaries and expectations. C, modeling respectful behavior and conflict resolution. Or D, allowing open and honest expression of opinions. Last question. It's a lot of questions there, Shlomo. We'll give everybody time to answer. What are some key factors that can positively influence a child's sense of personal empowerment? What can you do? to make them feel good inside. A, encouraging independence and decision-making skills. B, providing opportunities for personal growth and skill development. Option C, celebrating achievements and acknowledging strengths. I think Rav Shlomo said that a little bit in the opening, right, acknowledging strengths. Option D, supporting self-expression, whatever they choose. It means whatever they decide to do, you just you show them support for whatever they do. Those are the four questions. Take your time. It's a lot of deep questions over here. Answer them and then we'll review them together. Well, yeah, my wife wants to know if there's one or the above option. Um, okay, wait, let, everybody answer, let everybody answer and then we're going to review it together and then you could, yeah. you could uh, give your uh, guys that every question. Let's give a few, give a few like 30 seconds, let them answer. There's some very clear answers over here. Very interesting. Let's see if you agree or disagree. Okay, Shlomo? Okay. Review it. Okay, five seconds. Okay, we're going to review it. Now we're going to share with everybody. Okay, these are the results that everybody said. Okay, Shlomo, we can go through one by one. How do yeah. you believe the most effective approach to parenting and educating your child? So only 5% of people feel, instruct them directly, telling them what to do, like straight up is the Mahalach. 78% of people, most people here said, act as their guide and ally, offering supporting guidance. And 16% say, avoid giving them explicit instructions. Instead, let them observe and emulate your actions. Any comment on this, uh, first of all? You asking me? Yeah, I'm asking you your opinion. 
Yeah, I'll tell you. I think it's a something that's very individual. I'm talking here in a general way, of course. Very general. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes it's not the same way, but I definitely think one of the basic things is the child to understand the head of the father, which means I would play a role when the kid asks, and let's say you were a father and you want your child to do A, B, C. Can you please tell me why? Why, why would I want you to do so-and-so? Which means to get him to understand my mind, not to commend them and tell them you should do it, you have to do it because I'm big and you're small, I'm smart and you're stupid, you're little and I'm big because I'm powerful. No. Which means let them understand the way I think. Why do I think this is right? Why do I think this is wrong? If the child connects to you in such a way, you have much more influence, you really can bring him to understand. It doesn't mean it's always easy. There are kids with the nature of not accepting, yes, accepting, but once he understands you and sees the point, where you're coming from, it's a whole different approach. It's not, okay, you sometimes have to put boundaries, you have to tell him you can do something, you can, especially we as observant Jews, we have a shoes and nose, and we know we have mitzvahs like the same, we have mitzvahs the same, you can just do whatever you want, and we also know that the Kodesh Baruch gave us Tavis and Yitzhore that pushes us to do bad things. So we have to use our brain. We data, The idea brings us which means we have to, the child has to understand you. One of the worst things you can do in Hinuf, and I hear it also from teenagers that went through hardships, is they never understood the father why my parents told me, don't do it, do it, don't do it, do it. He's not a soldier, you're not a commander. He's your, he's your child, and you want to really give him over. And I think this is the basic idea on what Shreem HaMalek told us, Hanoich Lenal Pidarkoi. What does that mean, Pidarkoi? You should do with this little head, with this little knowledge. He doesn't really understand. He's expecting you to tell him, of course. Alpidaka means to let him understand the way he plays with the game and he develops more and more skill. He plays time after time. He gets smart on how to do it with the same uh, Lego or whatever kind of toys he has. The same way, let him understand your mind. Bring about it so he should understand why do I want you to do so. That's a little bit like part of number two. What strategies can you employ to promote your child's acceptance that you should actually do it? So we had three questions. Only 2% of people say give them prizes and reward them. 86% 86% of people say foster a positive and nurturing relationship with the child built on trust and open communication. You're saying a little bit like the 12%. Take time to explain the reasoning behind your instructions, helping them understand what you want. Is that what you're saying? That's what I'm saying, but not only. I wouldn't categorize it, you know, sharp, only this answer, only that answer. Because we, it's also very much dependent on the nature of the parents, the nature of the child, how much he accepts. It's a very individual. But all in all, it's a good idea that the child should understand why do I want you to do something? Not because I'm commanding you. I happen to be a father, based on Hashem is born in a few years from now, you're also going to be a father. What would you do? So many of the cases he doesn't know, he's still young. By analyzing it together and discussing it together and bringing it closer to my mind, then I can also give him prizes. I can also, it's not just to suggest that. I mean, you can combine it together. And besides, I would also want to, a child to understand, why do I give you a prize? Why do I have to give you, if this is the right thing to do, do it. Who says I have to give you a prize? A prize is an acknowledgement that you understand and you're doing it. I want to reward you. We all know that we work for Panosse. Panosse is also a prize. The Kodesh Baruch gives us. If you toil, you do something, then you deserve, you deserve it because I love you, because I chose my love, my gratitude towards you. And this is a good idea, not because you do it for the prize. The prize is just an acknowledgement of your good understanding, if you're cooperative mood and you're doing it the right way, this is why I'm giving you a prize. So I think it has to be all combined together. I wouldn't go so sharp each and every one, only this way, only that way. You know, a good chef 
knows how to make a cake from a few things, how to combine it together, it comes out a delicious cake. If it's gonna put only flour, okay, you can throw it on yourself and make the current, you can become white, you know, to dress up yourself. You need all this to envise so many kinds of cakes, because sometimes I'm in the mood of this cake or that cake, it's very hard. Now, I don't think it's the right way to go on a shop where only this way. You have to know how to go, we have to know how to communicate with them and how to be flexible also with our approach. But it starts with you have to know and then you bring it to your heart. If the child doesn't understand you, it will really make a gap between you and him. And this is the worst thing. He's telling me because right now I'm afraid of him. He's going to avoid food for me. He's not going to give me my toys. So I have to listen to him. He's waiting for the chance, has to for the second, for the age to say, you know what? That's it. I don't listen to you anymore. This is one of the reasons the child rebels and says, no, I don't want to listen to you anymore because he never understood me exactly. Even though you tell him, I love you, I love you, I do it out of your love, but you didn't explain it, what's in your mind. Why am I doing this? And I want to just tell you something. Many times I did it by guiding parents also. They, they went through with the child of all kinds of things that might come up in life. They might come up in life and the parents might say so and so. What do you say, Angel? It's a good idea. What would influence another child? Not about you, a different child. What is the right way to do it? And just discuss the matter with him. So he has to understand my mind, why am I doing it? And also, I don't think it's an outlet that the parents could say, you know, I might make a mistake. I want to hear your opinion. What is your advice? What would you say? I don't think it's an outlet. We don't have to play the game as we are uh, superhuman beings. I'm your father. And you know me also with my pajamas, not only when I dress nice. I mean, I'm your father with parents together. And we are family. And I want to know exactly, yeah, yeah, tell me what do you think is the right thing to do? It's not always easy. We have to learn how to cope with our... Without it's a horror, without time, without temper. It depends also, I said individually, each and every one is different and the situation is different. And the way we brought off, we got, we got brought off, we were educated, is also different. Everything plays a role here. So all in all, we have to have an old toolbox to know how to go about it. Not always use the same tool. Let's go to the next question, very interesting question. Which strategies can help better communication and relationship between parents and children in general? So 57% of people say active listening and validating feelings. That's like the soy between better communication relationship. 9% say establishing clear boundaries. 19% say modeling respectful behavior and conflict resolution. And 15% allowing open and honest expressions of opinions. Shlen, what do you think? Like, I'm not only just children, but even as they grow into adults, it's a big topic, you know. There's a very, very big yeah. lack in communication between parents and children as uh, children as they get older, it gets more complicated. More your years experience, what do you what do you feel is one of the better ways people could have a better you know relationship in general? Yeah, I think also here is what Hazan say, everybody thinks different. The kids also they accept different and they judge you different, and you also think different. That's why it's very hard to be narrow-minded and say only do this and do that. We have to have live more. A more broad spectrum of ideas and how to do it. But definitely to listen to a child is one of the most thing, most important things to do to listen to them and not only listen. By the way, I want to tell you, I keep on guiding parents a lot about this topic. When you listen to a child, take a take a paper or notebook, whatever, and write down a few things that he told you about uh, whatever went on to school and the principal came in, the child did something. Then two days later, ask him, what's going on with that story you told me? Show him interest, show him that you really listen to him. Listening to a child really picks him up and, and creates communication between kids and children. That's definitely, I mean, your children, I mean, parents. This is one of the biggest uh, tools and the best, the most effective ways is to listen to a child and to show interest in what he was doing and to show him after a week or two weeks, I remember what you told me 
and, and you know what, I consider it and discuss it with my friend. You show me it's important, this idea is very important. It takes a little effort from us. It takes a little energy, but this is one of the best ways. He knows it has a listening ear. And by the way, we find out a lot, a lot of stuff that's going on, sometimes not so good stuff, sometimes good stuff, when we listen to a child. One of the worst things is that a child doesn't feel that uh, he has a listening ear, and sometimes it's going through terrible stuff. I don't want to go into stuff. And, uh, and uh, because he doesn't have a listening ear, he's, he's avoiding himself, he doesn't know how to express himself. We see this is not calm, something is going on, but we didn't develop with him a, a, a way of listening, so he doesn't know how to communicate with us. So communicating and listening is very important, and also proving to them that we listen to how, by repeating in our own way, and also remembering after two, three days or two, three weeks, whatever he told us, Remember, he also, I remember he told us so, so, so I saw him stay for something that says similar, or I discussed it with a friend. You have to show him interest that whatever he said really went into our memory and we remember it and take it seriously. All this together, like I said, and we are answering right now in a general way because each and every case is different. And of course, sometimes you have to take different kind of action, but listening is one of the basics. Now, I want to give a tip. We've already discussed the appearance of listening. I want, to, I want to offer something that's very, very, very powerful. You know, we hire tutors many, many times. Uh, so they should learn with our kids the stuff they're learning in Shiva, in Heder. They have to know the Mishnah, the Chumish, the Gemara, whatever it is, mathematics, whatever mathematics, whatever it is. I'm a big fan, a big Hussie, that I've proven it so many times to taking a man a tutor or the oldest boy or whatever it is. Tell them a story, tell the children a story. It gives them words, gives them vocabulary, it gives them ideas. And then he has to come to the parents and Shabbos, the Shabbos table, whatever it is, and repeat the story. This is one of the ways you can listen to him because not every child can express whatever goes on in his personal life. But when he has to tell you a story that you heard from the Vilna Goyen, the Chavetz Chaim, the Balshantoy, it gives you all the story that you heard, you're developing his power of speech and you are listening and you go like, wow, beautiful story, you said it so nice. You can give him a prize, you can praise him, you have such big powers in you. You know how to express yourself, give you good memory, you're giving over so nicely. It's one of the nicest ways. And I want to tell you, I have many, many stories. I, I'm, I'm dealing with this for 40 years, so of course I can go on and tell you stories till the morning, but let me just, uh, one story I must tell you. They came in appearance, they told me they have no communication with the kids, nothing. What's going on? Okay, we're eating the fish, the challah, Shabbos dish, and do we go? Everything is technically, everything is fine, everything is great, but I don't communicate. The children told them in appearance, how do we break this, how do we break this wall? I told him, hire somebody, you hire him to learning, to feel, hire somebody if you can do it. We have an older child or whatever it is to tell him a story. Not a vote, not a machlekes, not a toysfes, not something deep. Tell him a story that happened to Chavetz Chaim about a story about Rabbi Kive, any story you want. Today, Bo Hashem, Kodesh Bo, who granted us with so many nice books that speaks about whatever you want. You want a bookstore, a Jewish bookstore, you have so many stories to take from. Taking a man, take a bocha to teach him to tell him a story, make sure he knows it, and we pitch it then the Shabbos table or whatever it is, take him with you, yankel it, tell him the story. And it's usually, even a child that doesn't know how to express himself well, it's not about his own feelings, it's a story, the way he repeats it, and you're listening to him, you're creating communication because he likes to be listened to. And especially a child that does not know this stuff so good from yeshiva. He does not know so good this stuff from Chedi, whatever you learn. He needs it also. He wants to listen again. What is he going to tell you? He's going to sing a song? 
What are they going to say? That he did to me, he beat me up, and I beat him back, and the denial came. What is it going to tell you? Now he has something. He has a story to, to, to give him. You make a deal with him. I mean, for every 10 stories, I'm buying you a price. Why not? I'm giving you something. I'm taking you out. Whatever it is. But telling stories, it increases his vocabulary. It gives him the speech of power. It gives you the opportunity to communicate with him. It gives you the, the opportunity to give him uh, a compliment and to encourage him, like I said before, to tell him his powers. This is one of the greatest tools to be using it. And that's why I want to really give it to the Olam. Use it. It's something you can take it and do it. It's not something so complicated. Take a book, take somebody, tell them a story, it's to repeat. Sometimes the idea, the mother tells a story to the child, and the child repeats it to the father, or the vice versa, whatever it is. You don't need to invest in as well. Just a simple story, and he should be the one who tells you the story, and you reward him, you give him compliments, you listen to him. This com creates communication, definitely. Let's go to the last poll. That was, that was very, very flammable. That was brilliant. That was really, really amazing. Okay, what are some, some key factors that can positively influence a child's sense of personal empowerment? So this is a split across the board over here. 36% of the people say encouraging independence and decision-making skills. 26% of the people say providing opportunities for personal growth and skill development. 35% of the people say celebrating achievements and acknowledging strengths. And 4% say supporting self-expression, whatever they choose, that they can just do whatever they want and just be supportive of that. Shlem, so what do you think are some key factors to really give a kid a lot of internal feeling powerful inside, feeling very, you know, self-confidence? Um, uh, I would take the, just on the last one to, to let him do whatever he wants as to be explained more. What do you mean whatever he wants? He, he chooses to play basketball. So, oh, you're great at basketball. Amazing. Uh, whatever he do, does, just give him, okay, that's great. Very like, you're not, you're not even guiding him. You're not, you're just letting him do freely. First of all, yeah, to a certain extent, yes, why not? Enjoy. If they say it's a little bit, everything's fine. Why not be around a little bit, play basketball, do whatever you want? Why not? If not, it's not on the chesed of, uh, it's nothing against the loch and nothing, I mean, Boba should fine. He has to do it. The child has to play. So we do, so do we have to play with our kind of games? We play around who gets the Aliyah from Shishi and Shvi and Hamishi. He plays around with each stuff and he's the fit. And Nochalemai says, let's not forget a child is sitting in Yeshiva and Chedeh. Most of the time he's sitting on a bench, yeah, with the dry wood in the statement, he's looking at this little oysterach and he's repeating and saying and shock of the way like a lulib and keeps on saying again and again and again. And not everybody has the cup they understand to enjoy really what goes on the topic. And usually the rabbi is the best rabbi in the world is only human being. And those few children were focusing and, and he's focusing on them and they respond to him, he, he gives back and the children around, they just, you know, they're the good kids, they say that they suffer. They tolerate, and he needs to hear out a little bit also. So playing and doing whatever he can do, why not? If it's not against the law, and not in the time of learning, not in the time of helping out, yes, definitely, I would encourage you to even play with him together. Play with him together, not only let him play, even play with him together. The same, that's fine, it's beautiful. Life is great to be an elohim. Life is great to be a tzaddik. Like you can play, why not? Behold the Rochech of the Eyo, that's the word. You know, by playing games, you can also teach them a lot of good manners to be mevater, not to lie, and to do it whenever it's your turn and say it's my turn or it's his turn or his turn. I mean, you can manage to develop good midas also by playing. Playing times are a very important thing. And like you said before, all the answers are true. And also individually, every time we have to know where it fits in. It's like a big puzzle, a puzzle of pieces. And it's a missing a piece of the puzzle from, from the ground or from the river or from the sky. It's missing the picture. I mean, everything is important. You can't just say, what am I going to focus on making the puzzle? Only the trees, only the river, only the sky. The puzzle has so many pieces and everything has to be fixed together. And let's not kid ourselves. Life 
is waiting you around the corner. It's going to grow up. It's going to encounter all kinds of situations in life. It's going to be. It's going to have to deal with all kinds of situations. So we have to expose them also, also to a variety of of activities. So you should be a smart guy. You should know how to deal with life. And definitely, I think all the answers are if individually you have to know exactly when and where it will surpass the line. But they're great answers, I think. Hey, Rishlein, I want to start off with a question. Somebody just texted me. Move up for a second. That they don't want to ask a lie, but it's a good question. If I have extremely low self-esteem, how could I instill in my children a strong sense of self-esteem? Uh, definitely, if he himself has a low self-esteem, he has to work on himself, I think, and then work on his child. I mean, not then, not to wait for 10 years. I mean, time is by, by passing by, and he, has to, he wants to help his child. But what I said before is Mamish a great tool to do for himself and also for his child. Look inside yourself, find your powers. Where am I good? What can I do? Let's say the guy who has a low self-esteem, but he happens to be a good writer. He happens to be a good singer. He happens to be somebody who can compose songs. Whatever it is, see with yourself, analyze yourself. It doesn't take too much time. Give yourself a day or two or three, go around with a little notebook and read down and pay attention. And don't pick up your self-esteem and go to your child the same thing. Find the good qualities of your child and disregard yourself right now and give him his powers. Express his power. Tell, I'm amazed of your powers that you have. I'm a very, if you see, I keep on repeating the same thing again and again about powers, 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 because we do have powers. The self-esteem is what am I capable of? What kind of a machinery am I? Am somebody nationality or am somebody powerful? Power is the word that tells you I have a lot of potential, power is potential, to bring it out in a koyach This is power. So that's why I'm stretching it. And this is the real life. In real life, we do like this. Can I, am I capable of doing it? When somebody has a lot of self-esteem, actually what he's saying is, I don't trust myself. I don't take any risk. I don't go a little bit more from out of my comfort zone because I'm afraid. But this is, to go out of your comfort zone, you need power. You need to trust a little bit. You have a car that goes strong and you feel like you can go out for far with this car. You take the car, you take your family, you pack it, you stop and you go because you know it's a powerful car. Everything has to do with power. The same in knowledge. What is knowledge? Knowledge is power. Money is power. Everything is power. What do you do with it? It's a different question. How to do with powers. But he has to work on himself. And by the way, when you engross very much how to help your child, to realize his powers, many, many times he talks to you because you realize, hey, if this little Yosel has powers and I focus on his powers and I develop it and I analyze it and I explain it, all of a sudden they get it. Wow, I also have powers, you know? I also have, I'm also somebody. This itself can help you, but right away you have to like, also with your child. Don't wait for years to fix up yourself to feel good. Then I'm going to approach my child when he's already, already a teenager. Let's not forget, the second your child was born, you're a father, you have a responsibility. Right away, you have the you have to pick him up. You have you an example of him how to be. So of course, sometimes you have to fake it, fake it till you make it. Sometimes you have to show him as if you can make it. And by the, by the way, by faking it, you also become like this, because you're improving it. You just made out of it. You, you made believe, and it, it happened. And Hashem, it did nice stop. So you also pick up yourself, but of course, the first thing should be you should work on, on yourself and on your child both together because you can't really wait till sometimes for yourself you need therapy you have to go it takes a while but meanwhile invest in your child and of course it's always good, good to get some professional advice to know how to go about each and each each time individually because it, it differs in the social problems and the environment whatever goes on between parents i mean it's in general talking to focus on the powers that's my 
magic word that keep on saying it again and again. I've met people that when you ask them what's their powers, what are their kodvists, they can't come up with even one. They can't even come up with one of them. And it's very interesting. It's been, you know, I've been in a group. We've been working on it. And the, the option that they gave over there is give, ask your friend, ask somebody that knows you to write a list about you. So, so even, and even when somebody else writes it about you, you get back that list right away. Your mind says, thank you. He wants to make me feel good. So he pushes away everything that that person wrote is not me. And sometimes there's perfectionism over there or low self-esteem. I, I could sing. What are you talking about? I can't sing. I sing a little here, a little bit there, but I can't sing because there's so many better singers and there's so, you know, there's so much more that I have to learn. So I can't sing. Even if I have uh, 40 or 50%, I put it to 0% and take each power, each curve. I'm a good listener. Nah, I'm a good singer. Nah, I'm a good runner. Nah, zero, 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 zero. And they walk around with zero. Rebbe this reminds me of something. Well, you were talking, a guy coming to me, and many times I had it, I, told, I gave him certain tricks out to work with himself with imagination, to imagine himself doing this and that. He says, Shlomo, okay, I'm, I can't imagine. I know for years already that I'm very bad at imagining. And he keeps on telling me his worries and everything. I told him, you know what, stop for a minute. Can you tell me what Miss worries? Worries is just imagination. I'm worried the banker's gonna call me, he's gonna call me, he's gonna make me, you're imagining all time. You're telling me you don't know how to imagine? You keep on imagining it, you're practicing it for years already. Just tell yourself, call yourself, this is what you said, the people with low self-esteem, the way they lose themselves. This is, I know it's a very common problem and they, they need help in this. And we need sometimes certain tricks how to trick them in to prove it to them. Because what I do many times in certain situations, I don't argue with them because if I argue with them, they want to prove their point. I put my point, so I lose out. What I do is I keep on I change the subject and I keep on talking and meanwhile, it's telling me I went once and I took and I made this and I write down myself all kinds of activities that I did in the past. He did it, he did it. Then a different day, but he forgot already, he didn't realize what I'm writing for myself. I tell them, what are you doing? I want to ask you a question, not concerning you. Somebody came into me, told me that he plays on the piano and he went, and went hiking and it's very good to do this and that. What do you say? Such a person say, why is a great person? He has quickness, he has this and that. And then I told him, Mister, this is what you told me two weeks ago. I wrote it down secretly. It's when your mouth came out. And now you're telling me he's a great person. So please, distance yourself from your opinion right now. You know what he say? Don't let the person you think you are stand in the way of the person you really are. I mean, don't stand in your way and please. And then all of a sudden he catches himself sometimes and he's out to the Shmaya and he gets to the point to say, you know what? If I said all this, you're right. I saw you writing down to yourself little notes. I didn't understand exactly. And you telling me I did it, I said it. And now I'm praising that guy that he has tremendous powers. Wow, it's really me. And then he gets a shock. I had one story, the guy was listening to me while I was doing it. He got up from the chair, slammed the door, and walked out. And then he called me to apologize. I said, so I couldn't take it. It was too much. You, you, you manipulated me. You wrote down for a few weeks, make good stuff. And then you told him, what do you want? You think I'm going to fight with you? I wanted to prove it to you yourself that you said you can't, you can't, you can't. Here, you said you could. When you detach yourself, 
okay, this self usually this comes from real low self esteem. Usually, such cases that comes a child is really going through hard stuff, not regular stuff, humiliations and different kind of reduction on him. Usually, that is mamish low, 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 and is not allowing himself to to pick himself up because it feels like I don't belong there. I deserve punishment. I deserve to be low. I deserve to be not to have a good life. I don't deserve to live a happy life. And this is okay. Like I told you. It's very individual, it's not so simple. Always we have to approach it what goes on. But yeah, now people who look at themselves, they can't even accept you. Whatever they tell them, they can. That's why they have to manipulate them sometimes in a good way. Manipulation for itself is, sounds bad, sounds negative. But sometimes that's what you have to do. You know who was my biggest teacher? I must tell you, my biggest teacher, how to do with people, is the Yitzhahari. He's a lot of experience, the Yitzhahari. And I see the way he fools in people, I learn from him. I learned from him, is about the sheep. The way the Zora for Dimitri, we took to love the Sashem to make carbonis. from the way the Zora, Nikah learned to Hashem. So that's the way we never give up. We keep on doing it, keep on convincing again. And sometimes, not to argue, first of all, not to argue, but so slowly collect some stuff. And let him have his opinion. Tell me, a guy that does so and so and so and so. What is your opinion? He said, Wow, it's amazing. I wish I can do it. And all of a sudden, you're showing, Well, mister, this is you. You did it, and you're yeah. praising him to come and accept it. Yeah, but humanity, humanity is not simple yet. Let's go to a live question. You're on. Hi. I was just wondering, even regardless of whether or not you're a parent, isn't there the tendency to compare yourself to others? I mean, unfortunately, I grew up around a lot of that, you know, uh, why would this family seem to have more achievement, more money, more you know, more style, uh, you know, then the, invariably you can compare, uh, you know, I mean, I, I do it even without children, but I can imagine the parents doing that or saying, you know, how come Smoot, you know, so, you know, Smoot doesn't seem to be in the same level as his peers or my neighbor's child, one, you know, he's, the top boy in yeshiva that you know i i can imagine this in the communities here there's that terrible pressure uh to do well so you're probably always comparing yourself to others so how how can you avoid that you're just folk you know early you, times a little bit you know there's like a, sometimes a yardstick you know to see you know you we wear you know what people are wearing you know the, the you know use a certain normalization but there's still you as a person and you feel you can't measure up to certain standards or certain, you know, ideals. I mean, I, I, is that would that be? A, I'm sure. It'd be a, can you narrow? Can you narrow your whatever you said to one simple question? What are you really asking? I, I'm sorry, I'm freezing. I can't hear you. What? I asked. Can you narrow down to your whatever you said to a simple bottom line question? What are you actually asking? What is your question? Yeah, or you say like. Uh, Maybe a child uh, or even an adult could say, you know, uh, why is our family more poor than others? Or why aren't we uh, doing this? Or why isn't my child doing as well at school as his peers? Or why, you know, why is everybody better dressed? You know, you, you have these things that show material success or, or academic success. You feel you're just not, you know, you're not there or you're not able to. Keep I got it. Repeat. I got it. I got it's it. It's a competitive world. I got you. That way, yeah. 
I got your question. I think your question refers a little bit not only to self-esteem, low self-esteem, it refers also to our Why are we poor? Why are we why don't we have this and that what other kids have? Why are we different? This has to do, I think the best way to explain to ourselves is to know that we have a shlichus. Everybody has a mission in this life, and my mission is different than yours and the neighbors and everybody else. Like you see people going into the pharmacy, going to buy, get a medicine, whatever it is, and you look at the other guy, you got a big box, a red box, a yellow box, and you're jealous why the pharmacist gives them different kind of stuff. And, and the guy's laughing at him and says, he has a different description. He, has a, he needs a different kind of medicine. We are here in this world with a mission, certain mission to perform. Now, this goes away a little bit from our topic, but it's really a shlichut. What we have, what we have to perform in this life, that's why we are different. That's a simple answer. Everybody has these is, uh, uh, challenges and is hardships to cope with. And according to Baruch makes it, this is an entirely a different topic of Ashgoga Protis, why Hashem makes whatever he makes. Why am I different? Why do I have to share life in a different way? But it goes a little bit away from our topic, because loss of esteem. But of course, it could also influence the self-esteem. Everything is connected. Yeah, but, it's, but, it's, but this is it. But this is a question of why? Why do I have? Why do I have to endure and go through whatever I go through? And it's different than other people's. This has to do with the Kodesh Baruch Sanoge. The Kodesh Baruch Hu deals the world, and it's the best for us. It has to do with Judaism, with the belief that the Kodesh Baruch Hu, whatever it does, is the right thing. Now, what can I do the best? And so comparing, one of the worst things to do is to compete and to compare. That's the worst thing. A person has to ask himself, what is the best I can do in my situation? Mm-hmm. This is the best idea. What can I do in my, the best I can do not to compete and not to compete? Mean, what, what would you tell an average boy learning in yeshiva, but he, there are so many better boys than him, doing much better than him, that he feels that what he's doing is not... Is, it feels like that, that was the point she was trying to say. Like, like when we start getting comparing to others, comparing and judging. Well, how would you help? How would you help such a boy? What would you tell him? I think, first of all, if uh, if it started, it would start. It would be different. The entire question wouldn't be bothering him so much. But the way you have say it is already there. It's bothering him very much. I think the question has to be asked: Why am I alive? Why am I doing this, this world? It has to do. It's a it's a more spiritual question. What's the Rotsna Hashem? What am I supposed to do? Because Yibohu gave me that IQ and give me the other IQ. Like Yibohu gave me blue eyes or brown eyes or whatever it is. I have my handicaps. What am I supposed to do? What does Akadosh Yibohu want from me? If I'm doing what I have to do, I have not. It's not on me to compete or to compete. Akadosh Yibohu is requiring for me whatever I could do. And for me, whatever he could do. If I do the best I could do, that's the best thing. We have to focus on my abilities and always start to stretch a little bit, go out to the comfort zone. Maybe I'm capable of more. Who says, why am I limiting, limiting myself? But without competing and without comparing. Don't compete and don't compare. Do the best you could. If you want to compete, break your own records. That's, that's, that's your. Break your own records. Always perform better and be more proud of yourself and set up more goals, higher goals, slowly but slowly. Break your own records, make it make a competition with yourself and not with your friends around you. Because this is really the worst thing to do, especially if you're ever already a low self-esteem and you feel like, wow, how can I pick up myself? So first and foremost is do not compete, do not compete according to who wants from you, whatever you are capable, but do it to the best of your abilities. This is the right approach. And a person has to convince himself, has to brainwash himself 
yeah, and to walk in itself, that this is my mission in life. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's go to the next live question, okay? Okay. Okay, Amir. Uh, can you can you <coughs> hear me? Yes. Okay. So my question is like this. Um, I find that the idea of I would like maybe to understand better what does the Rav mean by uh, stressing for the child his powers, because I have seen in adults where the parents stressed how they were so smart or so beautiful or so whatever, that their sense of self became dependent on this quality. Like this is what their, their whole self and self-esteem was built around only that quality. And this is what they look for in order to get attention from their parents. Okay, I think the answer should be like this. When I say to stretch the powers to prove it to them, is to show them how much they're capable of, but not in a way that the powers should be the, the thing that this takes them over all the life and they're gonna do always to, to catch up to whatever they're capable of, which is for itself a good thing. But in everything, you understand the question, you can sometimes exaggerate Let's say if somebody came to the point that he sees that was very musical, he might sacrifice his whole life in music and on the on the on the on the account of having a normal family and giving more attention to more stuff because he has a power of music. So then he wants to develop it more and more, and he's engrossing in it, and it, it doesn't go, it doesn't do much more in life. Only music because he got attached to his powers, so to speak. Understand? Okay. But we have to be so we have to understand how to stretch it, not to make it function the right way, of course. It's again, it's very individually in each and every child, and sometimes we give him a sense of pride, too much pride, and make him abalgava. You're right, you're right about this. So the power of a novel, of a novel, of being modest is also a power. You have to put you're such a good kind, you're such a good person, you have good middles. The middles, when I say I have a good middle, you know why it's called a middle? A middle is a measurement. It can be 20, it can be 30, it can be 40, it can be 100. A middle is a power, you can increase it. So of course, we have to walk in good middles, and altogether, we can never narrow it down and just to stretch its powers and powers and powers. That's for sure, it could something something good also. I mean, too much sugar is not good. Too much salt is not good. Too much onion in the chocolate is not good. And too much uh, whatever it is. Everything has to be in the right amount. And we have to see always how our child gets grows up. If he becomes too much arrogant and so much of a, a big shot of himself, that's the worst thing to do, of course. Then he's destroying himself. I didn't mean that. I mean to say, that to show him that he's capable of doing and coping with life's uh, difficulties because life will wait in the corner. It's going to have to be, it's, it's, it, will, it will be challenged because life is challenging. He needs the strength. We're talking about a topic of, uh, to pick up his, his self-esteem. And this is the point. But of course, the minister, whatever he has to, have to do, I hope I understand your question. And I hope I gave, you, I gave you the right answer. I hope so. I think we get to stay there for a minute. We talk about unconditional love. To love the person, the child, unconditionally. So even without powers, I love you because of you, not because of your powers. Definitely, 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 yes. The question is only how to do that, that fine line. They shouldn't think I love you because you know how to play the piano. No, no. I encourage you on your powers. It doesn't mean I love you only because of your powers. No. They have to always know how to stretch, that's for sure. And a father does have to give unconditional love, and that's why a father is plus the edus. 
It's personal edus. He loves him unconditionally, whatever he is. He's my son, he's my child. Akurish Boko does the same. He requires him out, but he loves us unconditionally. But I didn't mean just to stretch his powers, that's the only way. No, no, no. We have to acquire from him also what to do, and you have to perform in the right way. I still love you unconditionally. Whatever you're gonna do, I will never stop loving you. That's for sure. But because I love you, I want you to be the best. Mm -hmm. Here, let's go to the let's go to the next question, okay? Okay. Hold on one second. I'm sorry. I'm mute again. Yeah. Yeah. Hi. Thank you so much. I, I'm very interesting. I, I think you're starting to answer my question. I'm really having trouble with that fine line between making somebody into a Balgaiva. I guess I grew up in the age where you didn't get all those compliments and told what your powers are. Hopefully we felt the unconditional love. But anyway, um, I, I just feel like if you keep telling a child all these things, you do develop, you are running that risk of having them be a Balgaiva because you're always telling and then you're not making them resilient. You need to build some kind of resilience into kids. Like not everything's always going to be great. You're, you know, sometimes you're going to have to learn from mistakes. Things come up. Um, other people are better at things than you are. How do you address that really in a very practical sense? Yeah, let me ask you a question. When we say powers, to do chesed isn't a power. To be an anav, not a bagaybe, isn't a power. To do to, to, to go on the way of the Chofetz Chaim, to go on the way of the Vilna Goin, to go on the way of the Tzaddikim, to sacrifice yourself for Judy, for, for Yiddish Kinder, to do chesed, isn't this a power of chesed, of Abbas Israel, of, of, of modesty? This is also power. So I didn't mean just the powers that you're capable, you can do, you can turn over the world, you can be. This is a Goyish approach, it's not a Yiddish approach. A power means you can learn, you can dabble, you can be a mevater, it gives in. This is a power. You have a kohavitur. You're being mevater. I saw somebody that did something bad to you, and you kept yourself back. You didn't revenge. This is a power. If you're going on this way, we take the the, the from giving the powers in a very broad spectrum, not just narrowing down to this capabilities. You did something performed so beautifully. But then you're right. We have to take it in a way that is also becoming like a real oivet Hashem. Is giving in and is working on his middle and is giving to his little brother. You know, when I see that he gave something to his little brother, I say, Why you have the power of chesed, of giving, of, of sharing? And this is not something that's going to pick up his guy in the country. This is, this is going to make him self value. Yes, it's going to feel good. It's going to pick up his self esteem, but not Gaiva because he knows Gaiva is something very destructive. That's why all the Musas for him speak about all this stuff. And when I pick up the, when I, let's say if I show him how much he has a, a koyach from, from giving, from giving, sharing, giving from himself, is this going to come to be a Gaiva? Hasmashalam is going to give him, teach him to give, to care for somebody, to, to have mercy. I see that he's crying, but when he sees that somebody is in Tsar, he's crying, he says, Why? How can a child become a Bulgaiva when I empower him and I give him the Koyacha Rachmonis? I convince him that he has Koyacha Rachmonis. He has Rachmonis, he has Mamish, his heart goes out for somebody else's Tsar. He has a Koyacha of charity, a Chesed. He could never lead him to be a Bulgaiva in the country. He can lead him to be somebody over the Shem. Um, okay, I, I tell you the truth. It, it's interesting that you struck upon the the thing of chesed because I actually know somebody who like chesed doesn't start at home and he does a lot of chesed for other people. And unfortunately his wife and his kids don't get that chesed. 
So, so he's not doing chesed, he's doing it to get attention. So right, exactly, yes. So, but I, this is not chesed. I, I agree with you, the charity begins at home. I agree with you. So are you taking it the wrong way? What can I do? There's always such people that can take it to, to different places. Of course, there's mm -hmm. also, uh, there's a, there's, there is a saying in Chazal, it's called novel There is such a thing. Right. Yeah, it, it takes the Torah, he uses it to his benefit, and he's manipulating the Aloha, he takes whatever he wants. So he's not doing chesed, he's doing things to get attention, to be to get a good status in the community, whatever it is, but at home is not about chesed, so it's not about chesed. Shevori begins at home. I'm talking about real chesed and real examples, how to really be good first and foremost for your family members, of course. The child doesn't go out the street and does chesed with four, with four guys. He practices with his siblings, with his parents, with whatever goes on in the house. He probably, like, he probably has a low self-esteem, so he does chesed in the community. That's right. If, if he right. would have the healthy self-esteem, then he would be happy doing chesed at home. Right, so how would you have developed that when he was younger? He's already an older person. How would you have developed that? What would you have done? Not just praising his chesed, because that... Mm -hmm. Didn't seem but to be him for his chesed, not, not his chesed, him. Him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He didn't yeah. get it. He didn't get it. He himself mm -hmm. was lacking. Right. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Okay. okay let's get through some questions over here. People send in. Um, let's start with this basic question over here. Um, I'm, I feel like I'm constantly telling my child what to do, and it always comes across in a very negative way. As a result, I'm afraid I'm straining the relationship between us. All I want to do is be positive influence and uh, give good chinuch and educate it to my child. What should I do differently? The general mahalach between us is just like doing, go, do, get up, go to sleep, you know what I mean? I think the best way would be it doesn't start here. I don't believe it comes from this. When you had a good relationship and you did whatever you had to do until this point, we're telling you what to do. Then, then things are different because he knows exactly what to do, what not to do. He gets the sense of whatever I do makes me feel good. Whatever I don't feel, I don't do, he has responsibility. But you just jump in, I tell him what to do, do this, do that. Of course not, it's a robot. It's not human, it's not human behavior. Do, don't do performing, you know, it's, of course, this is not the right way to do. If you develop a good relationship with a child, as, as we said before, by storytelling, by listening to them, and by whatever we did we said before, then you really establish something great. You tell them, you know, Yankele, maybe it's time to make uh, your shiree by it. You have to do whatever you have to do, whatever you got homework, and he has to understand you. That's why one of the good uh, things to do is to make him understand why you're doing what you're doing. We really have to take time and go through with, with our child and tell him what is the responsibility for father, why we have to do certain things, what would you do if you would be a father, how would you act upon it, what, do you, what is your suggestion, and get him closer to understand. That's what I stretched in the beginning, that the, the more we will understand our, why we're telling him, we don't have to command him, never to command him. Yes, to reward him, yes. If he didn't do it, he's not going to get a reward. On Kofmes, we have to build him up. He has to have boundaries, he has to know what to do, what not to do. But not, it doesn't start by commanding him. If it really starts by commanding him, then something is lacking from before, and this is already something that has to be fixed up. This is not for this fresh, short the fresh. The relationship. Yeah. He needs to forge a relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he probably won't want to listen now if you're going to explain exactly why you're telling him to do all Okay, this. now it's already, he's up, the fire was already going to fire. Now you need to call the fire, sure. 
but it, it, it's it's you're in a point right now that you really have looks to me if it, it's really if you talk about the actual fact, fact that this has to be taken care of professionally more to know what how to go with the child because we're starting to be rebellious a little bit and you're going against them this could do something damage but it shouldn't get to this point this is what i meant to say but if it's already there we have to approach it differently of course of course we have to approach it differently we have to encourage them we have to cause a good relationship between the parents first and foremost and then we can go from there yeah let's go to the next live question okay you're on so my question is when you say that the child has to understand what you're saying I have little kids and I, I feel like if I spend so much time explaining, they expect that explanation. And then when I want to just tell them, stop, because it's dangerous or whatever, they're like, why should I? And then and then already the the thing hit them or whatever it is, or they hurt somebody or broke something. Like sometimes we do need them to just listen right away and we'll talk about it later. So I've told them about like Naasev and Ishma, like first. Listen to what Ima says, and then if you want to ask why, you can ask why after you've done it. Is, you, is that fair? Is that like a balance? I understand what you're asking, a very good question. The truth is that what I meant to say to explain them what we think and why we're doing is not going to be the same time you're telling them what to do. Sometimes mm -hmm. because in our interruption, we can't just say yeah. something. Of course, you're right. But if you have to give time, a Shabbos table, a Moitzah Shabbos, or whatever it is, go outside and explain when a mommy says to a child to do the go, we're rushing, she has to do it right away, even if she doesn't understand. We have to discuss the matters. So when it comes to the real life, and you know, life is life, demands you sometimes to give you a short command, then he understands you more. It takes it takes, it takes time. After a while, he gets it that not always I can explain you, it's not always time of giving you all lecture and understand and explain you. But we have to give separately the time, you should understand why we sometimes rushing you, why we sometimes have to go with a short notice, just do it and explain it later. But he knows that we're waiting in the corner and we will explain it. It's starting to trust you slowly. But at the time when you're rushing, of course, there's no hochmas, you can't play around, you don't have the time. Okay, okay, thank you. And here's, here's a, another question, pretty similar. The education I received from my parents was highly authoritative, but I find myself gravitating towards the opposite approach, allowing my children to do as they please. And, and it's, the question is, is it acceptable? And how can I, what can I do to get back the balance? Because he feels like he lets his kids do whatever they want, because when he grew up, his parents told him all the time, do this, do that. So there's always the even Shvila solve that we have to do. There's a very known, it's a very known uh, uh, problem that let's say I heard once from a mother, she said, I give my, my kids all the Nash in the world. Why? Because my parents never gave me Nash. Now I heard from here kids, from here kids, that I'm going to be married. I'm never going to give them Nash of this. No, because it became so cheap. We never evaluated, never something. We had so much Nash, Nash, Nash all the time. So every generation does the opposite, if you exaggerate. We have to know the shvila as a half, what is right and what is wrong, and detach ourselves from what we went through. Actually, when we talk about uh, how to deal with life, we're really talking about connecting and disconnecting. Connecting to whatever is right and disconnecting whatever we feel because we have traumas and we have our past. 
So we always have to know, let's not forget our parents were all not, also not the professionals and our Zaydis were not professionals. We got married, Baruch Hashem, we brought a family in this world and doesn't mean that we know how to deal. So we did mistakes. So now I should do the opposite because my parents did A, I'm gonna do B. And they go, the, the next generation is gonna do again A. And the next generation is gonna do B. And this is crazy. So we have to know what is the right approach and that's why you develop such a program like you have here. And you always add up small stuff and you have to listen, you have to hear, and you have to really learn, yeah. And you have to know what to do, what's the right thing to do, what's the wrong thing to do now, because I suffered and I, it was too much. Now I go the opposite way, all the way. So first, so first to become aware of why am I doing what I'm doing? Just because yeah. that's how I grew up. That's right, that's what I mean. You have to be aware of what you're doing and if it's right or not, to scale every time what's the right thing to do. And if you need more knowledge, go and ask people, ask Mechanchim, what is the right thing to do if you don't know by yourself? But not because I feel to do just the opposite because I was approached differently, now I'm gonna do the opposite. Yeah. That's for sure. First time, let's, let's go to the next live question, you're on. Yeah, hi. Um, so I've been working very, very hard to work on my self-esteem and to recognize my koach. And um, at work, um, when I've used, when I've, when I use my koach and I've shared a success with my superiors, I'm being put down by them. Um, in one case, I was even told that um, if I do it again and share, I will be fired. Um, you know, and, and uh, once or twice I was told, well, what do you want, a prize for it? So I keep, whatever I do, I continue to use my koach to get the, my job done. And I do have a difficult job, but I keep whatever I do very quiet and therefore it appears as though I do nothing. So then I'm treated as though, um, you know, I'm just, you know, somebody that, you know, you can give her everybody else's work to do because what is she really doing? She's doing nothing. In other words, it doesn't, I don't appear to do what I actually really accomplish because I'm being bullied into keeping my, um, my strength and my koach quiet. So, um, it, you know, and it, it counteracts what I've tried so hard to do, which is to build my self-esteem. I think the best idea for you to be to stop being dependent on what they think and their approval, because sometimes this itself really makes you dependent too much and it lowers your self-esteem because you're being dependent on what they're going to say and how they're going to approach you. So whatever you have to ask yourself, what I would do in your case, I would ask myself, what is the best way I can perform? And then every night to make a little cheshman effort, did I do good? Yes or not? If I did good, okay, I'm happy with myself, which means I will encourage myself and give myself a compliment, not to wait for them, not to be dependent on what they're going to say. I don't know exactly the nature of where you work. Maybe there's competition. Maybe there are people who are jealous and maybe put it down. I don't know exactly what goes on. It sounds a very individual case where they don't let you express yourself and show off. Maybe we have to, it looks like more involved. But for yourself, don't expect them to acknowledge it because people do realize that it's a prina, chazal called it, if you look for the attention, you look for the approval, they will keep it back because it lowers them down, give themselves like you want to go on top of them, you want to show them how you're much more superior than them. And this could be a problem. So the best thing would be if you set up for yourself a goal, what's the best way I can perform? 
and check with yourself each and every night, give yourself a point. Did I do good? Yes or no? And keep on doing it. Ignore what they say to you if you did it great or not, because and the end of the day is going to be so kavod level. They're going to acknowledge you in one way or another, and you're going to know it that you did great. As long as you're happy with what you did, and you know I did something great, and you're not trying to, you know, to show off how much great you did, this itself gives you the source, the inner source, you encourage yourself. This itself can contribute a lot to your to own self-esteem because you are becoming the one who's you encouraging yourself. And of course, it's good to discuss the matter with sometimes with friends outside or a professional, not from the from the staff that you work with, because maybe they have their reasons. They're also human beings, they have the competition, whatever it is. I don't know, it's complicated, and they can't really go down and uh, forgive you, forgive you, maybe they have their problems. I don't know, it looks like a case that we have to know how to do with it, to hear the other side also. But all in all, I can give you in this uh, general way, find the encouragement and support from yourself. Don't be dependent on them, because then you're really too much depending on them, which is not healthy. But I, I think right. also yeah. it's, important, it's important for a person to realize his environment, because environment does make um, a big difference. And sometimes a person could, could be in a toxic environment, and they put them down. It's that it's, awareness. You know, the idea that showing me what you're saying is when you go home, you have to know for yourself what you're good at, not depending on the people around you. However, it is important to be aware that you a person might be in an environment that he just cannot grow over there. They're not gonna let him. And after a while, by them saying it again and again they're slowly going to live that way so it's important right 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 it's, that, it's that toxic it's the tox it's it's the toxicity also it's true it's true and being then dumped um all these different types of things because well you're not doing anything in other words it, it's a catch-22 you do I'm everything not, you, know. you do you have to do everything because you're worthless Right, 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 right. I'm not allowed to, and again, I'm not there to, you know, show how great I am. You know, it, it was it, it, the once or twice or three times that I did share and I have stopped sharing, you know, I learned very quickly not to, and it wasn't for the covet. It was more, it's a natural thing, but, um, but that, but then the appearance is, um, you're not doing anything. What do you do all day? Right. Oh, a, a lot. I just don't, you know, sometimes, talk sometimes, about it. So. Yeah, so sometimes, like Ivanagan said, it's um, you have to make a drastic move. Sometimes if there's a toxic environment, you can't really cope with it. So maybe the best thing for you is just to say goodbye. I mean, I mean, you have to do it in a very calculated way to know what you're doing. I mean, it's a job. It's whatever it is. But if right. you see that you're getting out, mamish, you're losing out, and they may, so to speak, trying to push you down and then it is a fact so that's right something's an, an extreme case and there's no other way just to tell them okay what can i do i'm not made for it not everything is made i mean you can't fix the whole world yes sometimes we are in such situations and we have to make make the best decision but i would really really suggest you to discuss it with somebody you can go more in details and more yeah. uh, to see what goes on really and to some from the outside to analyze what goes on to get to the conclusion because maybe it's a pronosa, maybe it's a place you have to, I don't know. Right, it's, it's, a pronosa, of, yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of points to, to know how to scale it. It's an Achrayas. I can't right. just tell you here. Sure. Uh, 
Yeah. All right. Thank you. Okay. The million dollar question. You ready? My child is a teenager and he doesn't listen to me anymore. They simply do as they please. Where did I go wrong? And what could I do now to regain the attention and have them listen to me as a teenager? As a teenager, the only way you can do right now is really unconditional love. Because the teenager has the tendency to do exactly the opposite of what you asked me. And if it comes to a way that is rebellious, you have to be very careful. It could be very dangerous. They can do the most stupid things ever and then after years to regret from it. But while they're in the teenage years, it's a very weak topic. And this is the, one of the causes that really has a show when people are going down the dirt all the way. So right now, it's, it's not a little child anymore, but the best way still is to try to, to, to cause a good relationship, which means, let's say, sharing with him some stories, asking his advice about the things that, uh, let's say you're working in a certain place, what do you say, what is your opinion, to make him feel important, to make him feel important and to listen to him, but you can't tell him too much what to do because he's, a, I don't know, he's a teenager, yeah, but it depends, each and every one according to his ability and as a school span and uh, and uh, which friend he goes around and uh, whatever else is going on today's days and with the internet this and that sometimes you just by you know be nice to him encourage him give him unconditional love that's the only way it goes and yeah make it feel important and the way you can make it feel important is discussing your own matters with them what do you say should i invest here or there what is your opinion i think you're smart you have uh, experience to make him feel important and that's the way he can do. Sometimes you want to plots away, you want to tell him, come on, who are you? You little church killer, you just grew up. Who are you? What do you think you are? You do what I tell you. No, you have to keep yourself bad because he feels in that way. Enough. He told me enough. Right now, I'm a teenager. I'm a soldier. I can go to the army. Goodbye. You missed the train. So we have to be careful. This is a very, very hard age and stage. And it's not so pushy. It's not so pushy. Yeah, this is a very... And it's hard for the parent to make that transition. Yes, yeah, right. All the years he was telling him what to do. For the parent to stop, you have to be in a different. The parents have to go a lot of guidance, go through a lot of guidance, and we know there's about the fisher. If you know all more people that do this kind of stuff, that they work on it, it's the, one of the hardest things to do is to know how to really to work with yourself, how to reframe myself, not to do the wrong things because you can't really accept it, adjust right. it. What do you mean? You're not listening to me? What do you mean? Right. Yeah, it's a it's a hard it's a hard situation. Yeah. And here's, here's a question that a, a teacher sent in, a Rebbe. As a Rebbe and a teacher in a classroom, how can I cultivate self-esteem among my students um, as a collective class? Can I do it in class in general, or do I have to address each student individually, one-on-one -on -one basis? I would say also generally and also together. First of all, the Rebbe has to approach and say each and every child to do it in many ways is a, is a diamond and I love you all and keep on saying and expressing it. I love you and I have such a big uh, merit as host to teach each and every one. Mamish to say it in general and he's to say it more than once and every day Mamish to say Bo Hashem, ah, Tzadikim sits in here and he's sitting here learning Torah, I have such a schools. And then, of course, we have to also, if you die to a good Rebbe, is to look at the eyes of the child and see he needs more attention, he needs more attention, to be involved a little bit. And I had this question many times, and Rebbe's kept on asking me, how can I do it? They have the 30 kids, how can I divide myself? It's not true, because the good kids get it anyways, because they get your attention, you learn with them most of the time. And the kids who need more attention, you have the five, six, seven, eight kids, 
be more involved, know more about when the birthday is, give me traffic, give me candy, give him, ask him what went on yesterday in the wedding you went, how, how was the trip, how was his lady, be more involved a little bit, give me attention, give him a smile, and you can do it much more simply. You think it's not so complicated when you have the same kids for a whole year, for 12 months, so to speak, not 12 months, eight to 10 months, let's say, you'll find the opportunity to give those weak, weak ch children more, you can give them more and they deserve it more and they need it more. And this is a real mission. You have to do it. Yeah, it's not simple. Yeah, to be a rabbi, even a chayas, especially to those kids who are not doing the best in, let's say, the academic stuff, in the learning stuff. They need more from you and you have to do it. Yeah. Today, today many teachers have a program that they focus on a certain amount every week, like two or three every week. So they know after a few weeks, they cover the class. But also, this, whatever yeah. works. Whatever works, that's right. You need to know exactly what to do. And it's always very individually, but you they, they definitely, I, can, I don't want to talk with you but many, many cases uh, that allow me, they don't even look at the children. They don't, they couldn't care less. They come in, they, they leave the, a robot. He says, it's sheer, he did what he did. We have a catch, what do you want? The weak child, I mean, whatever he does, he can't make it, he can't make it. What do you want from me? I'm not a tutor. Yeah. But it's not true. He has to find the good points in him, the good powers in him, and give him the right encouragement, or whatever is capable. That's for sure. It's a big highs. Rabbis have a big, tremendous highs. They are builders, they're building, and they were tremendous highs, no doubt. Hey, Shlomo, let's go to the next live question. You're on. Hi. Um, I think I'm the representative team here tonight. Um, I have a question. Basically, um, I I'm very self-aware and I know I have a lot of unique and highly valuable qualities, especially in terms of jobs and opportunities. And yet when these opportunities come along, um, I don't feel worthy um, enough of people's time, let's say for networking or worthy of taking up the job. I feel like there are other people way more qualified or better and I'm not gonna do the job properly. Um, and seems like there's a lot of parents on here. So I guess I have two questions, which is number one, what can parents do to help their kids when it comes to pursuing, uh, pursuing uh, their path in life, I guess, in terms of careers or jobs or just opportunities that they wanna pursue. And for teenagers that are on here, um, how can we work through that of feeling worthy of opportunities going into the job with not a lot of knowledge because we're new in the job. If that makes any sense, thanks. Yes, at the nature of all these kind of questions, it's a very individual question that we have to know what goes on, but then where it stands from? Why do you think you're not worthy? But let me tell you, still to give in a general way, I would say to yourself, detach yourself from your own self and think about a job that has to be done. What would be the best way to do it? Let's say there would be somebody that thinks about himself that is worthy of doing it. How would we perform? How would he perform the best way? And then see if you can make the same, which means don't judge yourself. Don't go with you. Where am I? I feel not worthy. Let's say there is a guy, there is a different lady that can do it the best way. Why would you do it different? And imagine such a figure and say, I'm going to do the same thing as I recommend someone else to do it the best way. This might get, get you around a little bit, not directly around from the back door, so to speak, to do the best way, feel worthy. Because if the, if somebody that is worthy, feels worthy, would do it A, B, C, D, E this way, I can do the same thing. And then you feel that you're matching up yourself. Don't consume yourself so much. Detach yourself from your own beliefs and do it the best way that should be done and go into this mood. But again, it looks like a question that needs a more um, 
uh, I would say, uh, individual understanding more what goes on and where it comes from. Why do you think you're not worthy when you do, and you, and you do know that you're doing the job good? What makes you feel you're not worthy enough? This is something that needs a little bit more knowledge to get more knowledge from you, which I don't think is the right uh, uh, platform here. Let's let's just let's just think for a minute. If somebody is starting to go to work, yeah. He, let's say he's you know he knows accounting, but he's uh, new. He's new. He just learned it. There's so many out there that they are doing it for years. Why should he feel that somebody should hire him or her? Beginners. What do you tell for beginners? You tell them. Okay, we were all beginners. Why should somebody want to hire me? I think the approach is to be very simple. As a beginner, what's the best I can do? Why would any beginner do the best? Don't put yourself that I'm already the expert. No, as a beginner, what's I'm the best that you can do? I'm, huh? I'm here to learn. I'm open. That's right. I'm here to learn. I know I'm a beginner. I'm not going to be different every month and every whatever. With the time, they become better and better and better. And I, and I allow myself also to make mistakes and learn from mistakes. And of course, you have to be responsible, open-minded and alert and aware of what you're doing and be open-minded to criticism also, constructive criticism, if you tell you. Accept yourself in the real life. I am a beginner. So what? I don't have and to that's do why, it. That's why they, they pay less. That's why they pay and, less. And eventually, you build yourself up. Yeah, yeah. You have to be realistic and... Uh, it doesn't mean you're not good. You just be a beginner. Some, you're lacking control, some, some employees in general like beginners. They feel like they can train them a certain way. They're not, they're not stuck in their ways. They, they, right. get, they have more time with them. They're not looking right away to change jobs. And there's a lot of miles of beginners in general. That's right. But he has to be open-minded and be, be able to accept comments and not to be sensitive to every comment because he has to know, I'm a beginner. I'm here to learn. No problem. Very good. Here's an interesting question. I'm a successful businessman in my 40s. However, I often find myself struggling with communication and meeting new people, getting out of my comfort zone. Is it possible that these challenges are connected to my self-esteem? If so, is it too late to repair it? No, it is nothing. No, it's of course you can. It's never too late. That's for sure. It's never too late. But I think it goes in a little bit, touches a little bit the field of anxiety and stress. Not only low self-esteem, which is very much combined, goes together. But I think this it might have a deal a issue with a feeling like anxiety attacks when you meet people, meet people, just to approach people like those people who can never go out to ever leave the terror, They're afraid to go up or to Dublin, it has nothing to do with this. It has to do with self-esteem, but also it's a different chapter that's called social anxiety attack, let's say, or get overwhelmed. Yeah, so this has to be approached in a different way, which uh, I've developed many ways how to deal with it. And it not always has to do with low or high self-esteem. For sure, it comes from a trauma. They went through something. Why can't they represent themselves in public? There is something hidden there. But it needs a more individual approach, I think. And uh, the more he experiences it and he has a little success, then you can break it through. But it, it needs special guidance. Yeah, definitely. It needs a special approach. But the, the, really, the question is, I get the, the next question is also like that. How do we really know what's self-esteem? And because somebody asked, I'm typically a reserved individual. I believe that I'm introverts. Now, how can I determine if this is indeed true? Or if it might be linked to low self-esteem, how does a quiet, you know, person that doesn't interact with other people much, how do I know if it's that's his nature, 
or maybe he has low self-esteem and something that he should work on. I'll tell you what, even if it's a nature, let's say it's a nature because it's even hereditary. Let's experience it also like this. Could be it's something hereditary. There's a more quiet person, he lives with himself. He's not an expressive person, but still uh, he has to always go out a little bit from his comfort zone. The best things that are happening in life when you go out from your comfort zone and you stretch a little bit more your capabilities, that's for sure. And, and for, there's no doubt he also has an issue with low self-esteem, even though it's his nature. So it's your nature, but your nature produces that you have low self-esteem. You judge yourself that I'm not capable because I have a nature. Call it nature, call it the way you want. But because I don't perform the way I wish to perform, I can't do it. Now, he has to, usually the recommended way would be, again, in general talking, to divide it in small steps. And every time to come over one step at a time and to analyze to see, wow, I made some progress. I went out to my comfort zone. I did something, I created something more, something that I was not capable, I did it. Let's say if somebody has a problem approaching people and discussing with them and uh, communicating with them. So if you analyze good, Menachem, what is really communication? Communication is built of questions and answers and listening. So start with questions. Let's say you don't know the, all the answers, you're afraid to be exposed, of, like I'm doing right now, people are asking me questions, so live questions, they can never know what they ask me. Okay, you know, you didn't come to this stage, but questions you can answer, you can ask. You can ask even though questions. Uh, where, where did you go? How, you, what do you, how do you feel? Are you going on vacation? Which vacation? How much do you pay? I mean, you can ask questions. And when you ask questions and you will listen to the answers, you can ask another question on the answer, and that's how you communicate. This is communication. Communication is questions and answers and listening and commenting. So take the part of asking questions and break it through. And all of a sudden you see that you're involved in the discussion, you're involved in the communication. But of course it needs practice. I have some, uh, maybe I'm gonna give you a tip. I'm gonna give you a tip which I do use in, my, in the practice. I, I draw on a paper, a few people, a few persons, you don't have to be a big artist. I'm gonna show you an example. You make a person, this is a person, let's say this is a person, I draw a paper a person, and then I draw another person, another person, I ask him, what question would he ask Mr. A, ask Mr. B? And what question would Mr. B ask Mr. Z? And what would he answer him? And I let him talk for each and every one, and that's how he feels the sense that he's going to the communication. I do it with him in my office. And slowly and slowly he goes to show him. It's people that keeps on asking because he remembers the pictures that when in ability to subconscious mind, the pictures and the the play will be played, but it goes more down to a more uh, therapeutic kind of way, which means we have to work on it. But a person by himself, he wants the right advice, just ask questions. You see people talking, ah, what's the news? What do you say? Ah, how would happen to Biden? If I got the number, if I got his shoes, Biden. Ah, really? He did it again. Just ask questions. You don't have to be an expert. You don't have to be a lot of confidence. Ask the question and then listen. So you're involved in that discussion. Do, do something small that's uncomfortable. Yeah. Something yeah. small. Yeah, yeah. Always do something that's uncomfortable. Something small that's uncomfortable and slowly but surely become more, more comfortable. I'm a big host of doing things that's not comfortable. That's how you grow. That's how you have to be forward after. After you do it for a while, you see why I grow. I grew. I did things I did things I never imagined doing because I did I get out of my comfort zone and I did things that are not comfortable for me. This is one of the biggest recommendations, right? Definitely. Yeah. To take risks also, to take risks and to be able to pay the price. Sometimes you make a mistake and you pay the price. You tell, you say to yourself, I'm taking a risk, but I do something out of my comfort zone. This itself is worth for me to pay the price if in case I make a mistake. 
Don't risk too much, yeah. Don't risk too much, but we gotta take risks in life, yeah. Yeah. I'm a Moiridic. Okay, what are you Moiridic? You got you got scared. Moir is a pachat. No, it's good. You you understand it. Oh no, we're here to, to give some clarity. Let's start from the beginning. Okay, next live, next live question you're on. All right, thank you very much. So more recently, I'm becoming more aware of everything in general. Um, so I have a hard time when people correct me or tell me that I did something wrong. I generally feel that um, I have to give find an excuse to prove myself that that I'm right to prove that I'm right to them. Is that deeply rooted in low self-esteem or can there be other reasons? What, where, where should I go for it to try to become better at this? This is definitely one of the side of low self-esteem. You cannot accept it. You cannot go ahead because somebody told me something. The sensitivity there more than regular is definitely a sign of low self-esteem. Definitely a person with a high self-esteem. So he told me, so he said, so what? Otel Gizot, no, don't have his pilot so much. He said, if you have his pilot, if it's too much for you, you get like, wow, he said, definitely is one of the biggest indications of low self esteem. There's no doubt. I mean, this is uh, very obvious. And all you have to do, I'm going to give you a trick. Uh, I don't know if it's so professional to do it right here, but let me, behold, uh, give you something, a tip that could help you. You have to expect in advance. I know that tomorrow it's going to happen to me a few times that people will say that I was wrong. And you know what? Am I willing to swallow it? Yes or not? In, in advance, prepare yourself. And you say, yes, you know what? Oh, so he's going to say, I'm going to say, fine, good. I made a mistake. So what? I'm allowed to give yourself a leeway to make mistakes also. You know, you're a human being. You're not an angel, which means uh, expect it. Expect always that they might tell you you're wrong. And maybe I'm going to fix myself. Maybe not. Maybe he's wrong. But okay, he has the right to say his opinion. And I shouldn't get so much, so much offended because he said, because he thinks differently. So what? Keshem Shippatsuf Hussein and Inan Shabbos. Kachdi Hussein and Shabbos. We all look differently. And nobody's going to be saying me that I'm with the soul of Menachem. Yeah, I'm showing it. We look different. We think different. I'm allowed to be different. And they're very happy. Believe me, they're different than me. They don't want to be as crazy as I am. And I'm telling you, they don't they say the public, but they're happy about it. So you should be confident in yourself. So he said, so I made a mistake. And maybe he's wrong. Maybe I'm right. Which means in advance, don't expect to be always right and to have the saying that nobody's allowed to talk that they made a mistake. That's for sure. You have to practice to yourself and to hustle again and again. I will be, there will be cases many more, many, many more times that people will say that I'm wrong. Okay, so I made a mistake. So what? I'm allowed to. Hello? Yeah, he's muted. He's muted. I'll mute him. I'll mute. Thank you very much. No, that's perfect. Thank you. Okay. Okay. Somebody asked an interesting question. I don't know if it's so relevant, but I'm going to read it anyway. Somebody wrote, we're waiting many, many years for children. People approach us all the times with advice and schoolers. We Baruch Hashem feel comfortable. We listen, thank, and decline when we see. However, it embarrasses us a lot. How can I get stronger inside not to feel these feelings? You know what you just did? Let me tell you a little bit from my own stuff. My kids were born 12 years after my wedding, my first kids. I waited 12 years to have kids. That's my personal 
announcement to you. So I know exactly what he's going through. People used to come and give me this gulen, the others gulen, and don't ask. They came to the point, I told them, I don't want simonim from Mashiach, I want Mashiach himself. I don't want the gulen, I want the thing himself. Don't give you so much simonim. But it's part of life, you have to know what expected. People mean good, they don't mean bad. They don't mean bad, they mean to help you. They mean, we are so good, mommy, should I help somebody with hope? So right now, go make this good, they mean good, they don't mean bad. And this is part of the time you go through. I waited 12 years to have kids, Baruch Hashem. Today, I'm a Satan, I have any plan of kids, but I went through a lot, a lot of stuff. And I know exactly, you touched the soft point of mine, I know what you're doing, but uh, this is part of life, this is it. I mean, you can't help it. People are going to tell you and they love you. They do it out of love. I don't believe somebody's going to approach you and tell you something because he wants to, you know, to make you aware of you where you're holding, that you're not a kid, you're going through hardship. Nobody is such a Russia. They mean good. And be done with the says, okay, thank you, I appreciate, yeah. And this is one of the things you have to prepare in advance and to program yourself. I know it's going to happen. People do it. People say, you cannot fix the world. Fix yourself and you fix the world, which means Prepare yourself. It's going to be such comments. What can I do? It's going to be. It's part of life. What can I do? That's the way it is. They need some physic. What could, where could they go? What could they do while they're going through this They with these feelings? Very hard to sit and experience. I'll tell you, I can tell from my experience, the best thing with the IT, besides what they have to do medically, whatever, they should uh, learn together. They should take courses together. They should involve themselves to be more, not just focused all the time on the problems. Do whatever you have to do. But take a course together, maybe they can find something together. I'm not sure. Not the husband goes in curl and she goes to teach, and they have no connection. In this case, when they're waiting for so many years for kids, and it's a, it's a, a problem that they both together are going through. It's not his problem in curl or his her problem in a job. They should both learn skills together. And me and my wife, we went and we learned a lot of stuff. We went through stuff and gave us more things to discuss between us and to do it together. Even though separately, but the same subject learn, and it helps a lot. You do things that's in common that we can share together and and, and communicate. Beside of the problem, their problem what's going to be with having kids. Yeah, it's very healthy to have more topics to speak about. This can give a tremendous chizuk together. Yeah. Okay, that's good. So here's another question. I grew up in a highly abusive environment, and I'm aware of how it has influenced myself perception, my self-esteem, how can I ensure that I do not pass on these negative feelings to my own children? And what are some practical ways that I can build my own self-esteem? Wow, that's a multi-question. It's one question, but it's a lot of questions and many aspects, but I'm gonna try my best to answer it in this. Uh, um, first and foremost, I think you should adopt the meaning of loving yourself, loving yourself. I love myself. How to do it, it's a little bit hard to perform it right now here, but there's ways to how you give yourself love. Let's give you an example. Let's say if you memorize, if you remember one of the things that you were suffering, you can just bring it up. Don't worry to bring it up. Don't run away because it's there. You cannot avoid it and say, even though I went through whatever I went through, I still love myself. Keep on saying it. Bring up the picture again and say, even though I went through, I don't deny it. Don't live in denial because it can, you cannot deny it. If it's it was strong enough to affect you, you cannot deny it, yeah? And say, even though I went through what I've been through, I love myself. Sometimes you buy yourself even a book, whatever it is, because I love myself, because I went through this. I want to compensate myself. But there's many more ways how to do it. And not to give it over to your children, one of the best advice is, look how much it damaged you and say, am I stupid? Am I going to cause the same thing to my kids? 
I'm going to make sure my kids not never to go through what I went through. This is more simple. The more complicated thing is how to heal yourself. How not to give it over to your children is just by recognizing how bad it is and how much you suffered and how much you don't want them to go through what I went through. This is more simple than fixing yourself. Fixing yourself, you need individual guidance and uh, sometimes, and definitely there's always hope. You can always fix up yourself and compensate yourself and heal yourself, give yourself love, definitely, always. And it's a, it's a challenge because the first, when they yes. start, they don't love themselves and it's it feels fake and it's hard to do it. I know, but sometimes you approach the, the method of fake it till you make it. There's no other way and you have to keep them practicing and building all kinds of comments and good affirmations in your subconscious mind. After you do it exactly is not the right time here, but uh, yeah, definitely that's what you have to do. Well, they should do positive affirmations. Yeah, an affirmation is part of the things that are involved. Look it up. Yeah, they should look it up. Yeah, they should look it up. But uh, yeah, or reach out to the Shlom afterwards. You can do this also. Yeah. Um, here's another question that came in. Um, just a second. I grew up in an extremely challenging parent-child relationship environment. Dynamics within my parents' home were very unhealthy. Unfortunately, both parents weren't well, mentally well. Throughout my teenage years, I found myself taking care of them, lacking the parental support and the nurturing relationship that I needed. So she writes that she did get the support that she had. I'm grateful to say that I'm now happily married in a very healthy place. Considering that I did not experience a healthy parent-child relationship, what should I focus on learning now as a future parent? How can I grow to become a healthy parent, provide my children with the best care, support possible, despite not having experienced that love and support firsthand? So I guess it's the same, you saw you, the same question. But yeah. I think it's important to realize how the people, when they grew up, what they were missing and how can they give it to them now? Definitely, I think when you learn the topic and you understand what you're missing, you might be the best parent ever because you're going to make sure your kids won't go through what you went through. So take it as an advantage. I don't wish it for nobody, but after you went through what you went through, if that's the fact, take it to your advantage to become the best parent ever and to make sure your kids are not going to suffer what you suffer. This itself could give you a very good uh, good feeling and compensate you, sorry, because right now I'm fixing up what I'm missing. You really feel because after all, it's a child. The child is like a part of you. And you're giving here the love that you deserve to get. You deserved and you didn't get it. This itself could be a great job. You can become the best parent ever. Yeah. And there's a lot of uh, inner child work. Yeah. Person yeah. has to do and could do to start giving them slowly what they need. Exactly. And like you said, that they, they understand that they really experienced what their kids need. Exactly. Because they lack. They can, be the, they, they can become the best parents if they take care of it, yeah. Somebody wants to add something. You want to speak now? Yeah, sure. So um, I was abused for many years. And how I know that I'm not passing on any kind of generational trauma, which is something that I think we as victims, survivors are always paranoid of, is that each one of my children are connected with, with good supports in their own life, um, and, which means, you know, a, a professional therapist. And um, 
and I'm in touch with that therapist all the time together with my therapists to, so that it's all coordinating and it's all like, it's almost like a, like a shmira, if you will, on something that so badly, I don't want to pass on any bit of that toxicity that was given over to me. And like this, I'm really like, it's, it's almost like an insurance how, that, that, that I feel so much more confident when I speak over to my therapist and to my children's therapists and hearing the, the, from the back door how things are going, it really just infuses me with confidence that I know that I'm not passing on any kind of abuse. So I just thought I would pass that on to the, the person who was asking previously. Very good, very good. Anything you can help is good. Very good, very good. Let's do one more question. We're going to go to closing, okay? One more question, okay? Okay, I figured this is your your, your reading and comprehension. So very, very basic question. My son is in fourth grade and he's struggling with his reading and understanding and comprehension. I sense it's really affecting him and his self-esteem. What do I do to address this? What's the first steps to get him to help? Like, what's the, what's the mouth? You see your kids in school. You start feeling that he's struggling. What's the, what's the, what does the thing a parent should do? What's the right thing to do? I mean, this is what you do, so tell us. Okay, now you touch something. We need another few, four hours for this at least. But let me just, uh, you know, yeah, we still have to address it. So I want to tell you like this. First of all, the kid has to know that with the fact that he has hardship on reading or reading comprehension, whatever it is, is nothing to do with, is not uh, less good of a child, is the best child. He has a British boy who gave him a challenge. And you could grow up to be a big Talmud Chochem. We know the half deal. I, I don't know if say the half deal was a Jew. Einstein was a dyslexic, he couldn't read. Leonardo da Vinci was also dyslexic. Many, many scientists, they, they were dyslexic and they came up to a great, very, great, great performance. And they were big, big people. And I know Talmud Chachomim, I know personally Talmud Chachomim, they, they know a lot by art, but they can't really read till today's days. They memorize the day. Today they figure out a little bit, but they do have dyslexia and uh, they give it up. And it's hereditary, the children have it. This, it's for sure the child has to know that it's nothing wrong on him. The, the wrong approach could be telling you're lazy, you're not doing it good. He's not lazy, he has a hardship, his brain is structured in a different way. It's hard for him to accept symbols because the letters in reading is a symbol. It's a symbol of like A as a sound, B as a sound B, and Alabama is also. It's a symbol that symbolizes a sound. And his brain doesn't get it in the first place. Usually he has to do with his left side of the brain. And it could be very creative, the right side of the brain, it could be a right brain there and a left brain there, if you know what I mean, the terms. And this is something that could grow up to be Givaldi. Now, each and every child individually has to be uh, examined and it has to be putting a lot of effort. And uh, this is a very, it's a very individual question. It's about the approach has to be to give him a lot of love and compensate him and tell him you are the greatest kid ever. Nothing is wrong with you. You didn't break something, you didn't steal, you didn't kill, you didn't do. You, you're the best, you're the greatest. He has to get definitely compensation because he's not going to get it in yeshiva. In school, in Heider, he gets the, whoever knows exactly what the comments and Pasach and other bases gets more attention, he doesn't get it. So definitely he needs to get uh, from out of sources more love and more affection and more care, definitely. But this is usually a case that has to be addressed individually. You can't just, you know, be it's a, but in general talking, it needs a lot of support and a lot of love, yeah. Definitely. Okay, let's go to closing of Shlema. I'm going to start first, and then the Menachem, and then you. So again, first, a good to the Shlema Bookstown for coming on tonight. 
and being mechazak doylem, very very powerful shkoyach and matshem. All the hundreds of people that were here tonight, and the thousands of people that listened to it, they should get the chizik, reach out for help. And if they have any questions, I'm going to share your contact information soon. Again, if anybody wants to uh, join the WhatsApp uh, to get it every week to get the speakers, you can WhatsApp me at 848-525-0066. You can go to menachembarifal.com, sign up for his emails, you get all the information over there. Again, anybody that's here the first time, every Sunday night at 9.30 on the Zoom ID, we have different abonim, different therapists, the best of the best. Matshem, we're going to have... Uh, Yosef um, Greenfield over here is a big rope in Lakewood and Chestnut. He's going to come on. We didn't uh, firm up the topic, but Matshem, he's, he's an amazing speaker, so please join us next week. And again, everything's recorded. Matshem will be on menachembarifel.com. If anybody has any questions, get email coachmenachem at gmail.com. Again, tonight's share is 147, so it's going to be recorded. It's going to be also be on the phone lines at 848-777-GROW um, if you want to listen to it on the phone. If anybody wants to get in touch with Shlomo Buxban, his email is his name. Shloyma Bookspan, it's S-H-L-O-M-O-B-U-K-S-H-P-A-N at gmail.com. And if you want to call him, his number is 718-633-6767. Again, that's 718-633-6767. It's more than happy to help anybody, anybody wants to reach out to him. Again, thank you to all the advertising sponsors. Um, the Lakewood Scoop, Ellie Nairo from Five Town Central, Kyla Kaufman from JCN. And Rabbi Shlomo, again, thank you for coming on. We touched on a lot of topics tonight. We really did. We really went all over. But that's the way this year goes. As I got this. this is the way it goes. We're open. We speak it out. Coach Menachem, I'm going to go to you first. And Rabbi Shlomo, after two hours of giving the Olam Chizik, hundreds of people coming on to, to get self-esteem for themselves, for their kids, I'm sure you have a good word to tell them. So Coach Menachem first. Yeah, I want to thank you, Rabbi Shlomo. Um, Yeah. We did cover a lot, and it's a deep topic like we discussed. Self-esteem is something that's in the core of each and every one of us. Um, some are aware, some are not. The way we grew up, what the ideas that we picked up. But just one idea, the unconditional, you know, some people claim unconditional love is Kim Fendegoyim, but the idea of unconditional self-acceptance unconditionally to be able to accept yourself no matter your mindless and your chasroinus whichever way you are to be able to accept yourself and the only way you can accept your child no matter what they do no matter what the outcome is not based on anything just accept them for the way they are is only is only because i can do it for myself and that's why many people have a hard time doing themselves based on the way they grew up. And it takes work, like we discussed. It, it does take work. In the beginning, you're not going to believe it. You're not going to accept it. And if you don't accept it for yourself, why should somebody else accept it? How could you give it to somebody else if you can't give it to yourself? So it all starts with ourselves. So I wish every, everyone, you know, a lot of siyata deshmaya, and uh, to help us, give us what we need so we can build our self-esteem, believe Hashem gave us the koifas, the powers, like you said, to live our life. We don't have to compare to others. Take care of our mission, our shlifas, and feel fulfilled, feel that we're, we're doing, we're, we're worth, we're doing something, we're, doing, we're here for Hashem. And uh, that's how we can continue on with the ups and downs and with all the... Anything that comes up, we can make mistakes, like we discussed. So, shkoyach. Caleb Shleiman, leave us with the closing words of Chizik after 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 tonight's share. 
Okay, I hope Bezer Hashem is good. I was a good service for many of you. And uh, I know I didn't complete the job because uh, a lot of questions needs to be addressed more specifically in nature because everyone is individual and there's a individual more approaches, but I'm happy the questions were very, very smart questions, very really good questions came out from a good point. Everybody wants to help themselves and their children. And I'm very, very happy to join you. It's a tremendous, tremendous program. And I can tell you one thing, I'm gonna be from the upcoming listeners weekly, Bezer Hashem is one of the other to make sure that I'm listening because I see the, the big, uh, the big uh, contribution, the big um, benefit from listening to such programs, which is you're putting a lot, you're investing a lot, and I thank you, Rabbi Soil, Rabbi Nachem, whoever is behind it, and uh, and I thank all the listeners. And I hope Bezrat Hashem, you're going to all have a lot of Naches, me also, for myself and for my kids together, for all of us. And we should deserve all the best, Bezrat Hashem. Thank you so much. Okay, we'll see everybody next week, same time, same place, with. Uh... Yosef Greenfield from Lakewood and Shem. Looking forward. Everybody have a good night. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye.